The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Right now, live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square, I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Brian Kelly, Steve Grosso, and Guy Adami. Tonight on Fast, media mayhem on Wall Street. It sounds like just about everyone wants a piece of Fox, but who should be the buyer? The traders have some outside-the-box thoughts. Plus, Tesla catching a bid after unveiling its semi-truck and new Roadster last night. But what about the Model 3? Was must-be presentation the ultimate bait-and-switch? And later, it's the rally that just won't quit. Square up more than 225% this year. But if you missed the run, don't worry. We've got a way for you to buy it for less. But first, we start off with an unlikely pair that's suddenly happy together. It looks like Amazon and the brick-and-mortar retailers have found a way to flourish together. Home Depot, Nike, Walmart, The Gap, and Foot Locker all surging this week and at no expense to Amazon, the e-commerce giant also ending the week at all-time highs. So have traditional retailers found a way to survive in Amazon's world? And if so, are they suddenly a buy? Why not on a Friday? I mean, it's no, happy together. Guys. We, can't, we are happy together. <laughs> I don't think they found a way to survive in Amazon's world, but I do think they found a way to bounce off oversold conditions. And Dan Nathan's going to be on the show at 5.30, I think it's called. Options Great Action. Options yeah, Action. Great and he has been, he has We're happy to get with Options time. Action, by the way, on Friday, just to be clear. Oh, we, yeah. we do the first side. They, they do the second cap. side. Happy days said, Laverne and Shirley. He has said <laughs> anyway. XRT is the worst-looking chart. In the history of charts. Yes. But I would push back and say, you know, there's a very good chance that XRT put in a double bottom, not unlike the one we saw in JWN. So if you're looking for trades, a lot of them work. The one that sticks out to me, though, is Nordstrom's. And we talked about it about a week and a half ago. I don't think, the, I don't think their problems have been fixed by any stretch of the imagination, but it got too cheap on valuation, bottomed out where it did about a year and a half ago, and I think that's worthy of a look on the long side. So when you look at it through the prism of where we are, what the positioning is right now, it would seem, to Guy's point, that on a technical basis you should rally into year-end. But ISI pointed out today that this was the sort of the same setup that we saw last year where we saw strength in November and then it faded into year-end. Problem is, the positioning then, we're at highs for 2016. We're at lows now. So I do think you could see that rebound rally going into year end, but it's going to be in those names like Express, we pointed out a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. uh, Abercrombie, these names that were really torqued on the, on the laggard side for the beta going into year end. But you're going to have to see something fundamental change. And I don't think you're going to see that. So well, technically, yeah. I think they could wrap. That's, that's the point, right? Nothing fundamental has changed. I mean, two weeks ago, these things were left for dead. Amazon was eating the world. Every single day, you'd wake up and Amazon had a new company or a new industry that they were going to disrupt. So nothing's changed. This is just a bounce off the bottom. It's like they, they hit rock bottom, and now maybe their life looks a little bit better. But, you know, just like an intervention, you got to wait 28 days. you got to just let these things go out. If you want to trade them, great. But I do not think that this is a turnaround. There's a fundamental change How going on in how can you say there's no fundamental change when we've had earnings from most of these companies? And, in fact, the earnings were the things that turned them around. I mean, you had a place here with Walmart. First of all, same-store sales well, of 2.7. Well, Walmart's 7. different. 
Okay, so let's go to Macy's. Let's let's go to actually Gap. I mean, Gap same store sales. You know, showed a seven percent growth when you you, you, Foot Locker. you had nothing. And, and <laughs> yeah, but, but, but Foot Locker I mean, was less bad. Ga- the, right. The it's all you, it's point. all relative. I, it's all less. That's more, not fundamental. I'm more, I mean, I no, it's just it's, it's, a, it's an expectation. I'm more in your camp. But these are not knock the cover off the ball like a Home Depot or Walmart. No, but but the, you know, retail wasn't priced for knock the cover off the ball. And in fact, I would make an argument that the XRT bottomed six months ago. And if you believed in mean reversion trades, the, the retail sector outperformed the. S&P from 2013 to 2015 by probably 1,200 basis points. Since then, it's been what we all know has been a very devastating ride. The number of the companies that were the ones you just posted, not Mel, but we posted going into this show, included people like Nike. Nike's not a retailer. I mean, let's be clear about this. A lot of people have taken the broader consumer product space and also branded that with an Amazon disruption when, in fact, I think of anything, um, the DTC, the direct-to-consumer channels, so people like Nike being able to control their own destiny on a retail front is a good thing for those brands. And by the way, Nike has been outperforming Adidas significantly over the last couple months, and that's a reversal on that trade. Yeah, so for me, it's about the expectations, right? Something like a footlocker. I agree with you with it, Nike. I mean, this, this fundamental chain is going to be good for a company like that. But if I'm going to be in retail, I want to stick with the winners. I want to stick with, with a Walmart, which has been a winner all year, up 41%, and has actually figured out how to somehow compete or at least convince the market that they're competing with Amazon. So that's where I'd want to be. How about Target? How about Target? We were talking about it. Well, yeah. Steve talked about it last night and said it's a potential target for, for an Amazon. That could, in today's world, anything is possible. But you were saying before, and I didn't know this, but who's that person? Who? That one that went in there and bought something today? You told me before the Taylor show. Swift. Oh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, T-Swift. She went in and bought something. Now right. you think that was a catalyst. Maybe. I would p- come back and say, I didn't think the quarter was all that bad. I don't know why the stock sold off as dramatically as it did the other day. And I say this again. If you like Walmart at close to 19 times or so forward earnings, 21? I think. Yeah, well, I was going to say. Or, keep or going. closer to. Yeah. I think you've got to, like, target at 14 times. Even that- though they have another week holiday season? Even though I have another week holiday season, but remember when Walmart was about 18 months ago? We were fricasseeing Walmart, saying how behind the curve they were. Well, they got up the curve pretty quickly, and I think Target's about six hey, months but, in but the yeah, guys, we, We're forgetting. Ron Johnson sat right there and said that Amazon, to, to your point where you started out, Amazon could be targeting to take out Target. So he didn't say that. I think that's a, I think that's a what? He didn't say that. Were you not on the show last night? I was on the show. I think what he said was that he said Target's executing on all fronts and that if anything, um, these guys should be he able to do He thought Target was also on a sort of Walmart-like turnaround. He said Amazon's going to take them out. If Amazon, he said if Amazon was going to buy a company, they would buy most likely Target. I, I don't know which side he was sitting on, but you should spin around the next time. He was sitting right on the side of you. We could replay the tape, but neither here nor there. Target is listening to Target, that right now, Target Steve. Was, I, I think they need to be you don't think You don't think – I'm sorry? I, I, don't think, I don't think Amazon is going to get taken out – is going to take out uh, Target anytime soon. Did you I, think I, Amazon was going to take out Whole Foods? Uh, let's not do this. Uh, we just did it. We're, we're there. We're already well, on Main Street. Well, to be fair, did you? I think, I think – I mean, nobody – It doesn't matter what did I or did I not. He said it last night. I think that was a part of what people have been rumbling around, that, tar- uh, that Amazon is looking to take out a store that looks like Is that what Target. you believe? And is that why you would buy Target? Uh, I think that's a good enough reason as any to buy an underperformer that missed on earnings. Nothing fundamentally has changed in Target. If you think Amazon's going to take them out, that is good for a trade. Yes. Here's what I'd say about Walmart. Uh, And I've been wrong about Walmart now for this last leg of the rally. In fact, I I still think there's way too much floor space for the consumer staples and the consumable space. And I think this is where um, I, I do believe they can compete. 
the biggest thing with Walmart is not that they haven't turned the boat around. They're not doing great. They are doing interesting things. It's 22 times forward earnings, which is probably 30 to 40 times, 30 to 40 percent more than its historical multiple. Do you think in this environment, Walmart deserves a premium to its historical when we think that retail is getting disrupted? I'm not sure unless you really think that they are Amazon. Unless you're right, unless you right. think they are the disruptor and maybe stealing share from others, it's not. A, it's just. It's not just Amazon versus Walmart, right? Right. Walmart could be gaining share from well, Target and from Kohl's. Three percent of their total sales are e-commerce, which means someone like Walmart with 4,600 stores and an ability to warehouse, as Ron Johnson, I did hear that last night, Steve, pointed out they can use those stores as warehouses. That sounds smart to me, but I don't think you might get a multiple valuation expansion. But you might get a multiple expansion, which yet. You, might get, right expansion, with, which you right. might get a multiple expansion. What'd you do today, guys? Well, the last time we talked about AMAT, we said what a great quarter was. We also said beware, because history might well, in fact, be repeating itself. And we pointed out that the levels it was trading at potentially could be a huge double top. Well, open on the highs, closed on the lows. We said to take profits. That turned out to be correct. And I still think maybe some of these uh, chip names have overextended a little bit. Well, for me, it was the energy sector that was the most interesting. I mean, you know, we're at the cusp of a big breakout here. If you get some kind of, we already actually had quite a move. But I still think you can get more of a move here. So XOP was my pick of the day. Home builders have been extremely strong. And everyone has, has, has not seen what the action is in the home builders. Pulte, I'm still long. That's the name that I'm still long in that space. Take a look at the home builders. Go with what's working. Emerging markets, fresh six-and-a-half-year highs has outperformed. You think it's been a good couple of days for the S&P? Been even better for emerging markets have outperformed the S&P by about 210 basis points in two days. Stay in that trade. All right, coming up, home building stocks are surging this year, but there's something the chart master sees that could have you pushing the sell button. He'll explain. <laughs> Plus, Tesla climbing out of bear market territory after unveiling two new vehicles. But was the whole presentation just one big bait and switch? We'll explain what we mean by that. And later, Fox is Wall Street's most eligible bachelor right now. So who will win the heart of the media giant? And what does the Fox say? (laughs) Oh, it comes back. The traders weigh in. Much more Fast Money right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. Tesla unveiling its highly anticipated semi-truck last night. But could Tesla's new shiny creation be a smoke and mirrors act to cover unresolved production issues? Phil LeBeau has more on this from Redondo Beach, California. Phil. Melissa, it was an interesting day for Tesla shareholders because they got a bit of validation today when both Walmart as well as J.B. Hunt said, you know what, we'll order at least a few of these new Tesla semis and take a look at it, see if it works out with what we do when it comes to shipping goods day in, day out. Last night we saw two new products unveiled by Tesla. Let's start first off with the semi. The electric semi, we're not going to get into all the specifications, but the range of 500 miles is one that has people saying in the trucking industry, okay, let me check it out. Then there was the Roadster. This was the surprise. Nobody saw it coming as far as the announcement last night. The range on the Roadster, 620 miles. Well, let's now look at the broader question. What does all this mean for Tesla relative to the big question right now, Model 3 production? Not a mention of it at all last night, and we're still not entirely sure what the production rate is for the Model 3 as they try to work out production bottlenecks. I read through all the analyst notes today on Tesla. Here's basically a summary of how Wall Street sees the announcement. The semi is encouraging, but a lot of details are lacking, so it's too hard to know just how much of a game changer this might be. The Roadster, a nice surprise. Certainly there will be a number of high-heeled or well-heeled customers who will order that. But the bottom line is this. Every analyst said the same thing. The Model 3 overhang continues. That question will be out there at least until Tesla can give us some guidance in terms of where they are in terms of improving production. 
But Melissa, there's no doubt, last night was a nice shot in the arm for Tesla bulls. They can say, look, this is what we're doing. This is why we believe in this company. It's because sure. of these products that Elon Musk and his team have come out with. And if the range is really 620 miles on a single charge fill, that would imply that there, there's a huge battery uh, advance that Tesla is sitting mm -hmm. on right now. And they're not, and it's not coming until 2020. Right. So that, these are, but, but there's specific questions, Melissa, people had afterwards, like, how are you doing this? Other questions, not just to the roaster, but with the semi, details were lacking. Yeah, to say the least. Phil, thank you. Phil LeBeau joining us from Redondo Beach, California. A couple long days for Phil, so good job there. Um, we don't know the price on the semi-truck. We don't know any. Don't know a lot of the cost per mile, really. We don't know how much it will cost. We only know that it costs $5,000 to reserve, which is maybe why uh, J.B. Hunt and Walmart are willing to reserve. It doesn't really cost that much to reserve. Why not? I mean, it's not about it. But, yeah, so who is it going to disrupt and what does it mean for Tesla? Yeah. So disruption first. Cummins Engine, CMI, a stock that was on fire for most of this year, now over the last couple months has had some difficult times. And today I think down Five and a half, six percent. I mean, that's a stock that, quite frankly, will be disrupted or a company, but it's not going to be disrupted over the next six months to a year, I don't think. So I think you're setting up to get an opportunity to buy this stock and I think you're going to be able to buy it at 150, which will keep it in an uptrend that it's been over the last few years. So how would I play this? CMI would buy it at 150. Yeah. Uh, today, technically, I pointed out, Tesla, uh, yesterday, that you need to buy it above, on momentum, above the 200-day moving average. Let's call it $322. Today, it traded to 326 and a low of 313, closed at 314. This needs to close for a couple of days above a 200-day moving average to be out of this trading range. So trade it like it like what it is. It's a trading vehicle. Wait for a close above 322. I hear all these things, a semi-truck, a mega-charger network, a roadster, all this, and I just hear... The money. Yeah, but the money, market doesn't money, care. Money, you could money. have said that about Amazon, right? I mean, he's taking a play, the playbook of Jeff Bezos and saying, as long as the market is going to give me that pass, then I'll go out and build all these things and I'll create the vision and I'll sell the dream. And that's what he's doing. So it works until it doesn't. And for me, if I look at Tesla, I mean, I think, one, there is a bigger picture there. So in a very, very long run, I think you want to be long Tesla. In the very short term, you got a great risk reward here. You know that 292 from the other day is your, is your low. That's your stop out point. You're trading 315. You want to wait for momentum like Grasso saying, great, but you've got a great risk-reward well, engine. What's the long right. run, though? If we are in, a, in an environment where the markets could potentially not be as strong as today, do you think a stock like Tesla would do better than the broader markets if there is a pullback? No, I don't. No. In a rising I, I, interest rate environment, no, isn't but, it but, harder but to raise the, if you're so, I know I'm saying long run. I'm talking five, ten years, right? Okay. And so what I'm talking about, again, is the decarbonization of the electric grid. This plays into a lot of the different kind of disruptions that are out there. Well, I simply say, I mean, risk-reward, there's no way you touch it here. And I do think you're disappointed as a Tesla investor. If this is the kind of move you get in that stock, I think law of diminishing returns on these big announcements. When there's no detail, we start to lose a little bit of the oomph. Still ahead, the home builders have been one of this year's hottest trades. But the chart master sees something that could spell trouble for the group. He'll tell us what that is. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. Don't be a... Actually, maybe you should, because Square shares are on fire. And there's something to suggest the run is just starting. We'll tell you how to play it. Plus, and with the re-release of the Titanic, we're giving you four that you should never let go. And that's when Fast returns. 
Welcome back to Fast Money. Deal talk in the media space is on fire this week with the media giants circling around one name, Fox. Julia Borson's in Los Angeles with the details. Hi, Julia. Melissa, 21st Century Fox's entertainment assets are drawing a lot of interest. Fox shares ending the day up more than 6.5%. This after yesterday afternoon, news broke that Comcast, CNBC's parent company, is interested in Fox's entertainment assets, the very same ones that Disney has been in talks to buy. That's not all. A source close to the situation tells me that Verizon has reached out to Fox about those assets as well, as it looks to keep up with rival AT&T and its pending acquisition of Time Warner. And today, a source tells us that Sony Pictures Entertainment is also interested making informal overtures to Fox, saying they'd be willing to talk if they decide to move forward with the sale of some of those assets. Sony declined to comment on those talks. So what are all these media companies so drawn to about Fox? Well, the entertainment assets have a couple areas of key appeal. First, their international scope. Fox's international assets comprise as much as 70% of the company's business. That includes Sky in the UK, Star in India, and the strength of Fox's in Latin American markets. Second, big brands at Fox's movie and TV studios, such as Avatar, X-Men, and The Simpsons. And then there's the digital reach with Hulu. Third, a deal would give either Disney or Comcast control of the streaming video service. So now all of these media companies are watching to see whether AT&T's acquisition of Time Warner will be approved. If it becomes a significant legal battle, that could indicate a regulatory environment likely to give a Fox deal a hard time. Melissa? All right, thank you very much. Julia Borson in Los Angeles. Well, we thought this would be the perfect time to play the Fox dating game. Our traders are here with who they think should sweep in and buy for Fox's affection and assets. But first, let's introduce the traders. Bachelor number one, Tim Seymour. Some call him the ambassador, but he spends most of his time in the Mile High Club. And yes, guys, the vests and shirts you see him wearing on the show are also available for men. Bachelor number two is Brian nice. Kelly. He's a one-time bear turned bull and a big-time believer in Bitcoin. Don't worry, ladies, he knows a thing or two about hard forks. And voucher number three is Steve Grasso. He's known in some circles as the floor general, but the floor hasn't seen any action in years, so <laughs> draw your own conclusions. Last but not least is Guy Adami. Ladies call him the Italian stallion. And after you see a salami collection, you'll to me no question is comcast and this is a function of where you have the best synergies in terms of the global business the domestic business and where from an antitrust perspective again we've gotten a lot of rumblings i'm not sure this is totally about the politics of that at&t deal alone i think comcast especially with what they're doing in latin america and then you get the sky news the european business makes a lot of sense not the whole thing but a piece Brian Kelly? Well, for me, it's Verizon, VZ for our Canadian viewers. But to me, this makes the most sense. They have to compete for against AT&T. They wouldn't have the regulatory issues that AT&T might have or anybody else would have. So VZ. Grasso? We're going to make it easy. It's about Avatar. It's about X-Men. It's about Fantastic Four. It's about content. Disney. Disney is the way to go. That's the only logical way. Bob Iger mapped it out. He's doing something different. This is what he's going to buy. What is that? It's a mouse. You don't see it? No. It's right. a wrap. Aggie. Well, you know, I try to play these games. I try to be uh, creative in my thought. Yes. As you know. Yes. And because we're trying to woo the interest of a of his potential suitor. So you have to differentiate yourself. So while these three pick chalk, I go the following route and I say Interesting. Amazon. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Jeff Guy, Bezos you're so creative. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh. okay, put me down there, wise guy. See who they oh. choose at the end. Yeah. Because Jeff Bezos with this world domination, here. you know, why yeah. not take a why, why not? not take a look? Why not? You know, a foray into don't, the you, Fox. don't you think he would have looked already? Maybe he has. He looked PK. and said, you know what? He didn't like what he saw. Well, Mm. Oh, you think that folks at home? Well, everybody else is out the there trying to, trying to pick this one up. So why wouldn't Jeff Bezos? Interesting. Um, Faber reported that the Disney talks are done. You think they come back in? Uh, well, I think that a lot of these things do resurrect themselves and they tweak them a little bit. So I would I would think that we haven't heard the last out of right. Disney. I think there's another couple here, by the way. I mean, this all this says. Viacom and CBS, by the way. That's a very sexy couple. I know they're not here on this panel. So it's old hmm. as new? Well, I think, you know, maybe these two people get thought. together. All right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of 21st Century Fox and love, Jack and Rose are coming back. That's why Titanic is returning to select theaters nationwide in celebration of the film's 20th anniversary. So in honor of this iconic release, and even though Rose had to let Jack go, remember... It was awful. Guy. There's no commitment <laughs> there. Selfish. I, um, our traders are here to give you the socks that you should never let go of. So, Tim? That's a great lead in, Mel. And I tell you what, there's been plenty of times for me to let go of Starbucks. I hold <laughs> on to this one. Many, many retail channels. Multiples fine. Long-term growth. Uh, well, for me, it's Square. It's actually one that Grasso turned me on to earlier in the year. But this week, they decided for some of the users going to be able to buy some Bitcoin. I think they could rival Coinbase, which would be huge for Square. So you hold on to that. Grasso. Alibaba, it's Amazon 2.0. And when you look at the addressable audience in the United States for Amazon, we have 320 million people. In China, it's double that on the addressable audience with 1.4 billion people, but with 620, basically, that are potential customers for Alibaba. Guy? What's that song we play when you lose on the... Tony Braxton. Tony Braxton. Yeah. You know, yeah. that song is bad. That, this, who sings this song? Celine Dion, Celine bro. Celine Dion. Bro, yeah. it's almost as bad. Don't bro me. Honeywell. Well, you Celine don't give Dion up on Honeywell ever. Back to you, Mel. <laughs> Let's keep playing Celine here just for Guy. That does it for us here on Fast. Have a great weekend. Options Action up next. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.